0: We we know of new methods of attack. The Trojan Horde. The Fifth Column. Column, column,
1: column. Greetings and welcome back to another exciting installment of the Fifth Column (laughs) (laughs) Podcast. I am uh, Camille Foster from Freethink Media. Delighted to be here with you today. This is your uh, your almost weekly rhetorical assault on the news cycle. The people that make it and ourselves. We uh, we laugh. (laughs) We're obviously having a good time already. This is going to the cage. Episode 41, I think. I'll explain that. In uh, the, the program typically <laughs> features uh, respectful, nuanced, and well-informed commentary, apparently snickering. Uh, strong language, obscure pop culture references, and spurious allegations uh, ripped right from the headlines. And golden um, showers. I no, am, I am not what? Yet.
2: Jeez, the, the, people listen to this in car rides. We know this, yeah. and you got to wait till the, the the sound of the tires put the kids to sleep, and then about a half an hour in, you can talk about. Well, I, I just
1: gave the disclaimer, so I feel I
2: feel yeah. fine. Yeah, I, I fine guess so. And it, that's actually timing. on the news cycle too. Yeah. It's about Donald Trump's golden. Anyway, I am, right I am
1: joined. I am joined here in New York by uh, by the two gentlemen you already hear on the mic uh michael Moynihan of uh, vice news uh <laughs> and matt welch editor at large of reason Ma- at reason magazine uh, gentlemen how <laughs> how are you it sounds like you're doing fine well,
2: we're doing fine i just want to point out this is not as a result of um alcohol intake although i did just go across the street to uh Duane reed and got two 24 ounce cans of yingling for matt and myself um so that well, I, I mean, those we're, were both for you. Yeah, well, they were supposed to be, but Matt was looking. He just stole one. Yeah, he he was looking jealously at them. So now we were talking about an email that we received today. Actually, I didn't receive it because I couldn't find my email address. <laughs> um, and you can just email me at michael.moynehan at face dot com. Um, but um, yeah, he, he, tell us about
1: the email because he sent it to you. Well, this is this is the thing we've uh, we've begun something here, uh, somewhat inexplicably. Uh, because you you all are just so generous and wonderful. Um receiving unsolicited gifts from listeners of the I mean, podcast, at this point there's sort of who are, who are who are one upping <laughs> hey, take it easy. Who are one upping one another, which I appreciate and love. Um yeah, the first beat, thing is beat this I got, one sucker. I got a I got a text. Uh, yeah. not a text, a direct message from someone on Twitter. Yeah. Um, and they had generously given us ten dollars. Just Oh, really? Just given ten dollars to support the podcast. And I thought to myself, oh, that's nice. Can but it turns out that we get this, more of those ten dollars. We we're going to work on because if everybody well, gets together it. and gives us ten dollars, yeah, yeah. then I might be able to pay my rent. Yeah, and I, I prefer cash, <laughs> unmarked bills, Bitcoin, yeah, um, in Venezuelan so, currency. <laughs> so, no, thank you. Uh, so we got ten dollars, and that was great. Um, great. But it turns out that is the second best uh, sort of unsolicited gift from a fan today. the, of best, the day, the best gift that ten was from today. Yeah, the ten is from today. Wow, uh, this is. I got both of these messages within Jeez. like ten minutes of one another. The second thing was an email. Um, that arrived, uh, and which was addressed to myself and and Matt. Uh, I guess they, they weren't able to find a uh, an appropriate email address from one Michael Moynihan. Um, but it was a great, a who gracious was referred to
0: as Hollywood. Thriller. Yeah, yeah, it sure, wasn't even sure. like
1: sure. Uh... which is why I like this guy with a, with a gracious and generous gift from uh, a, a listener who is offering us yeah. uh, the opportunity to stay in his extraordinary, I mean, it's not nice. uh, yeah. luxury vacation estate, oh, man. Uh, in the Caribbean. Uh, for a week. I don't know if that's 3 weeks or if we all have to stay in the same it's week. It's not in the, the sense Caribbean, that right, I got right. it's, in it's Central, not Central America. But isn't that on the Caribbean? No, it's not really. What it it I on? mean, I
2: wouldn't say that that's Costa is the Caribbean. Would you? Okay. No.
0: Well, we'd we see the place. Well, yeah, we, yeah. we won't we won't get at By, by the way, details. the only uh the what only, does Camille know the, he's <laughs> only from Jamaica. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's but it's on the Caribbean, which is why I said in the Caribbean.
2: What What you doing, man? I think that's fair. Uh I just want to say that uh Costa Rica the only uh uh uh, country in uh, central america that hasn't had a uh, crappy marxist government it's actually true oh.
0: and they don't have an army
2: um they just like allow the american army to like launch attacks in nicaragua during the 80s on the border yeah. but yeah no we, that. we ran some we ran that some operations out of the CIA uh, Eugene Hassenfuss does anyone remember him no. oh my god yeah, wow. Hassenfuss. yeah. Eugene Hassenfuss Rain i think all back i on. think he was based out of costa rica flying those cia flights into into uh, Ortega-run Sandinista Nicaragua. Working, but yes, working so any, closely with
0: Dean Stockwell.
2: But, yeah, but there's the the, Christi- you, the Christic Institute. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, but here's the thing about this email which is great. So you forwarded this on to me and I was at work Mm-hmm. And so I'm sitting as kind of an open office plan. So there was one bit in it where it's where it said <laughs> this uh, this guy uh, who's great. I don't I don't know. We won't name his name because he didn't tell us we could. So yeah, no. Uh, but because uh, then everyone's going to ask him, "Can I stay at your place?" Um, but so there's a video. In, he embeds a video or sends a link to, and said some <laughs> Canadian. Uh, they're giving away a great deal. Uh, yes, yeah, some Canadian too many people. Identifying details. No, there's, there's a lot of people in Canada, Camille. Yeah, but not I know to like, do
1: this thing. No, but, go
2: but they but no, they know. Oh, geez,
1: just go you, ahead. I, I have
2: good tradecraft. There's no way they're going to find out who this is. Let's see. And so um uh they went to the house and they uh, filmed a the video. Uh and like you can also check out the video through the through the lens of these three I think Quebecois ladies who go there and uh and uh and uh, you want you just watched the video, didn't you Matt?
0: I'm still watching
2: the video. Oh my god! <laughs> Go into the cave. There is. Oh yes, yes. Keep walking, my friend. Yeah, there's a moment, a scene in it where they uh, a scene like it's a, like it's fucking Rashomon. Yeah. Like it, there's a scene where they walk. Uh, they're in this beautiful beach and they walk into a cave and they they, they they're not wearing a ton. Just, that's all I'm saying. They're not wearing a ton. Well, it's so the question is like you sent us this video, Mister Anonymous. Um, yeah, he's like our Chelsea Manning, which means we'll <laughs> give him up very soon. It'll be in prison. But so there's, there's a there's a uh, and he includes a video, and I'm I'm sitting there going, wait, are these girls gonna be there with them? Because
0: that's like. He does say, "For the more deviant of the group, looking at you, Hollywood." Yes, my friend. Here's a YouTube vid of some Canadian <laughs> I know why influencers. I'm, I don't
2: know why I'm doing a triumph voice for this, but <laughs> what, what are you
1: talking? So many details.
2: But it was. Uh, but I, not only do we appreciate it, but considering you don't have my email address and I have no way of communicating with you, I suspect that we might take you up on this because I, I forwarded you the it note. Is, so you have his. Yeah, email. yeah, yeah. yeah. Or it's uh, it is ridiculously nice and really beautiful, and I think we should take him up on this, and um, you know uh, we should do uh, a version of this podcast from Costa Rica.
0: Yes, near the monkeys. Okay. Yeah,
2: there's like there's like monkeys fucking running around. <laughs> I, it's, like, I'm not, it's like and then the video, by the way, there's this girl. She's like, I cannot believe this. A monkey is running at me, and I'm like, yeah, there's probably locals running at you too with what you're wearing.
1: It's quite nice. I don't I don't have any objections to that plan. Um, the only qualification I have here is we do need to check the travel advisory and figure out what the uh, Zika crazy. the Zika levels are. Are you tr- you pregnant or something? Uh, I'm just saying. I mean, I could be. You never know. It's possible.
2: Yeah. You could be – I saw this thing, and this is going to get me in a lot of trouble. I saw Uh this thing, speaking of this, uh, in The Sun, the British newspaper – mean, um, it's really
0: the world's greatest newspaper. it's
2: really stretching the definition to call it a newspaper but it was like headline <laughs> man uh, uh man pregnant uh, first man pregnant etc and i and i was just thinking about it and it's like you know if you can get pregnant <laughs> you're just a lady wearing man's clothes right, <laughs> right. am i wrong about that because that's i just saw this this morning on twitter it's like man gets pregnant and he's like i was like no he didn't but i looked it was like oh it's just a lady who's dressed up like a dude <laughs> so, so i just wanted to, to point out that story Wait, that was like, a hot
0: one what's is the science moment that yeah, we're really yeah, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah this is gonna to be called the call.
2: science minute this is michael moynihan's science minute <laughs> and then i say things that don't make any sense about science yeah. based on the sun newspaper yeah, yeah you ever notice it. like
0: half the time that you go on kennedy's program which moynihan doesn't do because he doesn't answer anybody's emails but other people do no, i'm not allowed to here uh is <laughs> like it's or or actually red eyes is, is more uh yeah. more apropos but uh, kennedy too like The D block or the F block, the last block is always, like, react to the story from The Sun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, when I send my talking notes, which, again, I do and Michael doesn't because I'm a thoughtful guest. um,
2: No, it's just I'm a thoughtful guy who can think on my feet. I don't need to write it beforehand, Matt.
0: uh, Is...
2: (laughs) I'm sorry, you're catching fire over there on that burn.
0: (laughs) This came from The Sun newspaper. The chances of it being true are nil. Yeah. It's not
2: It's, uh, I saw one, and it's usually The Daily Mail. Um, it's part of my regular media diet because I love, like everybody else on the play, Because I think it's the largest news website in the world. Actually, is my the, wife is adores the da- She does, and I. I we've talked. Uh, Manuel and I have talked about this. Matt's wife and I have talked about it, because it is you know horrible and almost every level. Today, actually, they fell for a great Free Beacon troll. Oh no! Yeah, the Washington Free Beacon, which is uh, run. You know, I'm these guys. Matt Continetti used to be at the Weekly Standard. Sonny Bunch, who's very funny and very interesting. Um, I like Sonny Bunch. on the show. but uh,
0: There are a bunch of douche bro neocons who are hilarious.
2: I, yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't say douche bro. The rest of it's true. I mean,
0: it's it's like it's put on douche bro. Actually, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I more, mean, so, yeah,
2: it's like nobody understood what they were doing for a while because they're doing like some pretty intense trolling. And they accused, um, jokingly accused, like casually in a headline so and so attacked something in um uh what's the woman who did the speech over there at the the Golden Globes? What's her name? That Meryl, Meryl Streep. Yeah, Margaret Thatcher. There, uh, Meryl Streep. It said uh, something about Mar- uh, Meryl Streep's anti-Israel speech, huh. and in it, she—it's a joke. They're like trolling hard, and it, she refers to everybody from where they were born. But when she <laughs> talked about Natalie Portman, she just said Jerusalem and didn't say the country. It was like from, uh, you know, Denver, Colorado, the United States and whatever, you know, London, England, whatever. And she said Jerusalem. And so they made a joke about this. And then, of course, the Daily Mail and their hunger for content and for outrage because they put together these stories that when you get into them, you realize that they're based on like two tweets from like random people. It was uh, now uh, Meryl Streep is being denounced as – uh like an anti semitic anti-israel activist and i pointed this out on twitter i said this is stupid and uh sunny bunch responded he's like oh my god oh my god they <laughs> fell for it and they've done this they 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 troll people a lot and it's a good exercise in showing who's paying attention and who's just like churning out copy for the outrage machine and they 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 do this quite a bit and they used to be very kind of solidly right wing in a like nativist way, in a little Englander way, as they say in the UK, but that's not really the case anymore. They're all over the map. They're really all over the map. And um, that one today was great. But I love the Daily Mail because
1: it's just empty calories because they give you all those those sorts of fun insights there.
2: Yeah, well, it's yeah. also they have that rail, uh, like media people talk about this all the time. The right rail, which is all those little stories, and it will basically have like so and so has some like you know, and it's some star of like a British reality show. Like Jordy Shore or something, the the, the Newcastle version of Jordy, and I, I and I have no idea who they are, but I click on them anyway because the, the the headlines are funny and the thumbnails are always like somebody spilling out of a dress, you know, and also spilling out of a cab. Uh, going into some you know like club, and I, I, I even if I don't even know who they are, I click on them. It's amazing. We
0: uh we go to uh, London or try to uh, every year, haven't in, in a while. But we used to go there fly there and then to yeah. go to Lyon, and we'd always just gobble up the mail, and it'd be around Christmas time, yeah. and it's just filled with stories aimed at office-working ladies who are 27 about yeah. how not to vomit too much all over your dress at the holiday party. Oh, yeah. The hangover cures, the vomit-like uh, takes. It's amazing. It's just the uh, the baseline assumption that you're a lady, you're going to get shit-faced, you'll be face-first in the gutter somewhere vomiting. Every year, here's, yeah. your survival here's, how, here's how to do it. Every year, the Daily Mail does
2: a, a photo wrap-up of New Year's Eve in the U.K., and I really encourage uh, people to look at these because they are the most entertaining things. And it's like they have little tabs on the photo from the city, and it'll say like Cardiff, Birmingham. It'll be like a woman with like a dress. I have like puke all over her face, and they just they send these like war photographers out for like the. the and, and I've always um, the internet has been a great flattening device for what Americans think about the UK. It used to be that we had. Alistair Cook and Masterpiece Theater doing a thing of like, you know, uh, coming up next is an Evelyn Wall four-part series. And like, oh my god, they're also very posh, wonderful. And then we and you go to England, and I went there in like 94 my first time. I turned the TV and it was literally Jerry Springer like on every channel. And it was like <laughs> it was like, I'm gonna punch you in the mouth, and they're like fighting, and they're like, America's really grim. And we had this impression of the Brits being sort of very posh, and now lovely internet shows us that not everyone in the UK is sort of (laughs) is like a novelist and like sitting listening to Buck you know, and like playing the harpsichord, and they are just all puking on themselves and wearing tracksuits and like fighting all the time, and that's the greatest thing about the internet. That's the best thing that
1: ever happened to me. Well, before we before we before we delve further into um, sort of our favorite eccentricities uh, in in journalism, uh, you don't think this there, is a good story to talk about? No, now? listen, it's it's interesting, but there there are other things happening in the world. I love and, and some like of them. to keep it on. Some mode. of them warrant discussion Pork as well. Uh, there is Pork there is Camille. almost a literal three ring circus taking place on Capitol Hill. Um, not this. This week, but today... Uh, We have confirmation hearings. We have still more national intelligence hearings with heads of various agencies. And we have the in the background mud wrestling um, amongst Republicans who are making an effort to repeal or replace or partially replace or perhaps just damn well repeal um, Obamacare or something like that. We
0: should interrupt Camille to uh, hasten to say that we're doing this on Tuesday night. Yes. And when we're talking about Capitol Hill Wednesday tomorrow, which is when most of you will listen to this probably Mm – is the day we're going to have? I think five confirmation hearings, four or five confirmation hearings.
1: Although there's only one thing anyone will actually be paying any attention to, and and you hear all this friggin' coughing in the background. I don't know Sorry what disease uh, Matt Welch and Michael Moynihan have, uh, but I'm going to do my best to to make. You think you're going to get Zika and Costa Rica? I you're know in this, room. this is It's the hepatitis yeah. that I'll be worried about here. Yeah. Thank you, gentlemen. Yeah. Appreciate it's, it. It's HPV. It's not a big deal. I understand. Everybody has. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but, yeah exactly. Everybody. <laughs> um, but uh, I mean. It, Clearly, uh, there, there's a lot of stuff happening. Maybe we just start with the confirmation hearings, because as, as you mentioned, Matt, we are at the very beginning of this process. Um, I, I suppose in the in the first um, sort of ring, uh, there was a, a hearing for the nominee for the uh, Department of Homeland Security, which no one cares about at all, because the principal thing that anyone cares about is the hearing for uh, attorney general, no, Donald Trump's nominee for attorney general, uh, Alabama senator Jeff Sessions uh former attorney general uh, of Alabama um who as everyone knows um loves the Ku Klux Klan as to- and is totally racist that is the uh, the only thing we're talking about uh for the most part um it was a hearing that was uh, peppered throughout with uh rambunctious uh maybe that's the pro- appropriate word passionate um vocal Protesters um, who screamed all sorts of stuff uh, during uh, during the confirmation hearing. Uh, I don't know, Matt. I know you are are working on a, on a piece. You watched every it's minute published, of. Uh, oh, boom. it's published. It's out there, so people right. have read this piece. So you don't have to say all the things because everyone reads your work. But Thank perhaps you can give you. us some Except more you, thoughts. Apparently. Give us some more <laughs> thoughts on background. I mean, it just happened.
0: My, my argument was that the code pink protesters and God love them um, were probably the least hysterical people in the room. Um, what was the
2: chant? Oh, my God. They I were mean, all doing was, the same chant. I no,
0: texted you. It, it, no, they mm-hmm. all did the same chant. Really? Uh, so he, he, no, to a, of,
1: no to a fascist USA or something?
0: There was a fascist USA. There was like racist stuff. There was immigration uh, stuff. They, 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 they mixed it up. There was some, about, someone screamed yeah.
1: that he was illegitimate. I don't, I don't know no. what
0: that means yeah. in this context.
1: But by the way, just as a point of
2: kind of historical clarification here, fascists don't have um, uh, hearings like this. <laughs> I just don't. I mean, no to the fascist USA in which we
1: have a hearing and the man could potentially be rejected. Yeah. They don't do that in yeah. fascist countries. Which is, but. which is kind of what happened to him the first time. Uh, but when there's Ronald, me picking nits again. Yeah, when, well, you know, facts facts kind of matter. They at least matter to someone and um, they matter to me. Uh, but back in 1986 uh, was when Ronald Reagan nominated Jeff Sessions for a federal judgeship. Uh, for which he was rejected when all of the Democrats and a couple of Republicans said, "Yeah, no thanks to you um because, in addition to sort of folks who came out and testified against him, there was any number of civil rights organizations that also said, "Yeah, no, he is terrible, and he is completely unacceptable um so it is not at all surprising to see uh, sort of this vocal opposition this time, but i mean matt you were you were saying um the code pink folks were perhaps the least hysterical people in the room. So where yeah. where was the the insanity um, coming from, or the it's the an insanity
0: that isn't uh, that is not labeled as such while you're watching it. Every mm-hmm. senator, not everyone, but most everyone, Democrat or Republican, uh, got up there and at some point flogged in a very hysterical manner, literally hysterical manner, um, whatever hobby horse that they want that they they require an immediate. Uh, expansion of the federal government's attention for. So Dianne Feinstein, who used to chair this committee, Judiciary Committee, um, is there, the first Democrat to ask a question. And she's her first question. All right. So this is the guy who's going to be in charge of making all these discretionary decisions about what the Department of Justice does, because Mm -hmm. they do not have an unlimited supply of cops. Or time. Or time. So there's all these questions about what's he going to do? Is he going to get into... Uh, uh, prosecuting uh, state legal marijuana. There's a lot of questions out there to ask uh, Jefferson Beauregard Sessions, as you're supposed to say when you uh, oppose him, uh, his full name. Um, Is that
2: the Barack Hussein Obama of this? Yeah, Jefferson Beauregard, yeah.
0: Um, And so Diane Feinstein says, my first question is going to be um, on the second biggest criminal industry in this country. Okay, I'm just going to throw that out there. You guys mm. haven't read it yet because uh, uh, it just went up. What is the second biggest criminal uh, industry in the United States of America? I'll cough while you try to figure that out. I, uh, <laughs> um, Sorry. Um, um,
1: I don't know. Camille? I have no idea. What is it? Uh, Congress? Se- Bicycle thievery? Sex trafficking. <laughs> sex trafficking. Huh. Okay. What no. are the chances? It's just not,
2: start, hey, on. I'm, I, I don't know anything about <laughs> sex trafficking, but I do know this.
1: That's not the
0: second biggest <laughs> in <laughs> criminal industry. I mean, right? I, I start start like from thinking thinking it through your own contributions. But it depends to the, on what we mean by biggest.
1: Not not so much financially. N- the, money, the money, most, money, yeah, money. Okay,
0: okay. So, what have you spent the most money on illegally in your life, Moynihan? Prestige? <laughs> what are we what are we talking about okay are we on air now so um, uh no I've, ne- I've never spent money on definitely drugs definitely recording definitely recording never you never spent money on drugs nope really
2: I mean, I've done lots of
0: them. But, uh, no. no, no, no. People, other people buy them. Um, That's really great. So, anyways. I don't know. It, she said human sex trafficking is What's the second one? biggest drugs. Illegal drugs is a hundred billion dollars a year, according yeah, to the yeah, Rand Corporation. Yeah. Medicare fraud is sixty billion dollars a yeah. year. Or, or, or there. Where did she
2: get this number from? This
0: is a number Elizabeth Nolan Brown does wonderful work. Who we should have on the show um, about. And so does Glenn Kessler from the Washington Post. Yeah, yeah. Elizabeth yeah. Uh, Brown, works for Reason. Uh, has done a, a, a series of phenomenal stories debunking all these numbers. And this number comes from she uh, uh, Feinstein escalated it from the third largest uh, uh, industry, and of course it was never the third largest industry; it was the third fastest growing industry. And of course it wasn't fastest growing just for sex trafficking, but for human trafficking. And of course, when you look into it, human trafficking the most. Uh, by far, the biggest part of human trafficking is illegal immigration smuggling. It has nothing to do with sex or sex slavery. Feinstein also said it's the majority or the average age of these girls who are you know, locked up to radiators are between 12 and 14. Think about that. The average age of prostitutes and sex slavery is 13. That means some of them got to be six. It just uh, doesn't make any sense. In it America? Doesn't... Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe in like Uzbekistan or something. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that's true. So, I mean, she. this is her first question to the attorney general of the, of, of the United States, who is likely going to be uh, approved here. And it's this incredible lesson that never gets relearned. If you use all this incredible hysteria towards a socially disfavored activity there, you bring in all these bullshit statistics, you are feeding the beast – This hysterical kind of government response of a beast and then creating the conditions under which later on that same government is going to be having to come up with reform to fix all these overreaches that created all of these injustices. And there's this amazing toggling because you would have Feinstein yammering on about this. You'd have Lindsey Graham, you know, saying, "Well, uh, isn't it terrible that we have all this online video poker? And what are you going to do about it?" You have mm-hmm. all these kind of like prohibitionists. Orrin Hatch, his first question, Orrin Hatch, who's been on the Judiciary Committee, I think, since before my dad was two years old or something like that. His very first question was, "Are you going to uh, vigorously enforce obscenity cases?" Right. The same cases that John Stagliano, a friend of a a friend of this show, was was prosecuted for. He could have gone to jail for 32 years. He wanted to restore the unit inside of the Department of Justice that uh, that uh, does these uh, obscenity cases. This is what they're talking about. And all of these are based on hysteria, non-truth, just like made up numbers that headline chasing politicians then pass laws for. And the federal government has to enforce. And then 25 years later, these same people will say, oh, but we, you know, you really need to reform these laws. So the other part that was the only part that was really good about the hearings was they had Dick Durbin and some other people talking about Sessions's um, opposition to some of the criminal justice reform uh, things. But they never put the two and two together. They never say, oh, yeah, the, the, you know, Len Bias dying created a hysteria that caused these. Laws to be passed in the '80s, and now we have to kind of undo them because we went too far back then. But meanwhile, my God, heroin epidemic, heroin epidemic. Mm-hmm. So um, the hysteria there was by the senators themselves, and it made me think that as much as I hate Jeff Sessions, I hate a strong word, but I, I I don't want him to be approved. He's actually as a member of the Senate Judiciary Committee, he's actually an accurate reflection of where senators are. They just look around, they chase headlines, they see problem, must fix problem, and the only way to do it is to have the federal criminal code grow. Even even higher than it already is, so we can attack it through hysterical and very anti-libertarian means.
2: Cool. I wonder if he's going to prosecute Trump for those golden showers. <laughs> <laughs> we
1: haven't we haven't gotten to that. Yet. I
0: was in Russia. Sorry, right. we'll and, get to and, I'm not, and I'm yeah. not
1: sure if that's illegal. Yeah, uh, so we should so we should we figure that out be. Um, in Utah. Well, I mean, related related to this story, St. however, St. is uh, is Senator Cory Booker who has said that he will actually do something unprecedented. He describes it himself as unprecedented, which uh, perhaps gives you some indication of why this is happening. Um, he will take the unprecedented step of testifying against um, Mr. Sessions as a sitting member of Congress, which is apparently something that has never happened again, uh, according to to Cory Booker. I don't know if that's totally true, but I've seen it reported a bunch of places, so I I, I suspect it probably is. Um, I wonder what your what your respective takes on this. I mean, Booker has been uh, really, really vocal over the course of the last few weeks. And there has not been sort of an issue um, that he hasn't had a, a great deal to say uh, something about. Prior to this, he had been one of the most vocal critics of the Republican effort to try and do something uh, about Obamacare, insisting that if, in fact, they want to repeal this, they need to have a replacement. And we can perhaps talk a little bit more about that later. Um, but here, um Rather than focusing on sort of the the racial, the racist allegations, um, he is talking broadly about any number of things that are important to him. Criminal justice reform was name checked. Um, he, he did talk about sort of civil rights enforcement and whether or not the Justice Department would have a, a sufficiently um, scrupulous uh, focus on this. It, that's yeah, it that makes sense. Yeah. Um so I suppose there are real questions there. And, and one of the things that I would have suspected, especially given the way that protesters are are responding to Sessions nomination um, and the, the, the sort of general out general and extreme uh, and often ridiculous outrage that's there, that a lot of the important issues related to like things that are materially significant, um, that Jeff Sessions is actually going to have some um, sway on related to sort of drug policy and criminal justice reform, which has been something that a lot of people thought we would see more progress on um, under the Obama administration, that Sessions and Trump together will probably roll a lot of things back. And that's that's meaningful and that's worth talking about. So I I wonder, one, I mean, the, the Booker testimony will happen tomorrow. Um, so we'll have to see what actually comes out of that. Uh, but I wonder if you guys have any expectations for that or any thoughts on the way Uh, that Booker is planning to participate in the hearings.
0: I saw uh, an interview that uh, Booker did with Chris Hayes last night, Mm -hmm. and they talked about the hearings for about two or three minutes, and of which 38 seconds was about criminal justice reform and stuff that I would be agreeing with Cory Booker about. And the rest was, uh, you know, I'm afraid that he's not going to be giving – Enough. He's not going to be protecting all Americans, including our uh, gay and lesbian brothers and sisters, and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. That was that wasn't necessarily tethered to specific things. I mean, Sessions is uh, the leading uh, anti-immigration force in the United States Senate, uh, Senate, intellectually and and otherwise. He's always the one who's given that speech about that. So I can sort of see a critique that's based on that, given how much enforcement that they have to do there but that hasn't really been the tenor of of these criticisms a lot of them have to do with you know how much and to what extent he was he was prosecuting x case or y case and what was he saying about it in the 1980s which just strikes me as kind of a non issue uh, or i mean <clears throat> a comparative non issue that It was very frustrating to watch. Um, There's only a couple of sessions about uh, uh, marijuana here, and one of them was really bad for Mike Lee, who I'm otherwise inclined to like, but he gets his own brain, I think, uh, caught up in uh, pretzels. He's a very strong constitutionalist. He's also from Utah, a Mormon and very socially conservative. So the way that he asked Mike Lee about pot was, um, are you worried that the Obama administration's decision not to prosecute? Marijuana in states that were, it became legal. Are you worried that that is a violation of separate separation of powers?
2: Mike Lee asked this question.
0: Yes. Instead of saying, like, dude, federalism, are are you cool with it? He like turned it into, and I heard actually a criticism like this in the Fox building, like on Hannity Show and stuff uh, a couple of years ago when when, uh, it became clear that Eric Holder and Barack Obama were not going to be uh, prosecuting legal marijuana. Um. After they took sort of a nine mu- nine months to figure it out, um, you would hear a couple of people say, "Oh, it's it's a terrible abuse of power that they're using their prosecutorial discretion to not enforce these laws without really thinking through how many cops would you need to mm-hmm. enforce pot laws? Sure. Now on, on what sixty five million people or whatever mm-hmm. the number is. So it was a very weird thing for um uh, Lee to say in that manner, and and Sessions' response was. One part of it was good, which he said, if you you know, if there's a gap between federal law and what we're doing, then you should probably change federal law, which he's right. They should actually remove uh-huh. those penalties, sure. even though he didn't like suggest that or endorse that. That's the good part. But the bad part is that I'm not, he said, I'm not here to decide what laws to enforce. I'm here to enforce all the laws equally. That's a a good theory. In right. practice, right. it it's is nice to say it's not true. It is a thousand percent impossible. You, yeah, and and so it's frustrating that these hearings are not about the making of priorities because that's actually his job, and that's that's why I I uh, find. Uh, his nomination to be uh, worrying is that I, he's the guy who, with this incredible amount of discretion. Congress gave that to him. Congress should be ridiculed and mocked for giving that to him. And that's what creates the Harvey Silverglade you know, three felonies a day thing. So we've given the federal government this power to just decide if they don't like Michael Moynihan, we can ring him up. In fact, I mean, <laughs> yeah. he has committed crimes. <laughs> Thank <laughs> God. Camille would be we, a little all, bit harder. We all have. Uh, we all have. I'm going to
2: be committing those crimes in Costa Rica soon, <laughs> so I think it'll be okay if we can judge by uh, John McAfee, former Libertarian uh, presidential candidate's, uh, you know, uh, proclivities to you know shooting off guns and stuff in Costa Rica. It was in Costa Rica, right?
0: It was in Belize where he's. Oh, it was in Belize. Right. He's oh, still a oh, person oh, oh, of oh, interest oh, oh, in a yes. murder case, but yes. it was don't, just a don't I, don't want, I Don't want to. Don't want It was me. his neighbor who he was having a dispute with, and then his neighbor died because he was murdered. Um, And uh, McAfee had to leave the country under duress, even though he was wanted for questioning. But there's nothing uh, suspicious about that. Thanks, Matt. Sure. (laughs) Um, No sarcasm there. Yeah. Matt. (laughs) I don't know. I'm looking at this video on YouTube. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Come to the cave.
2: Um, (laughs) These monkeys. (laughs) What are the monkeys doing in the cave? (laughs) Take my top off. Let's go investigate. Uh, it's just easier to move. Um, I watched some of the session stuff today. Uh Um, and you know, one of the things that struck me about it is, is that the protesters, the commentary on Twitter, it reminded me of something that a friend sent to mine who is a very liberal person, uh, works at a liberal magazine and, uh, said to me, texted me the other day and said, is, do people think racism is illegal? and it was part of a, 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 a kind of joking exchange but it's really interesting because there's so much about jeff sessions that is, is that should worry people um especially people that that have kind of libertarian instincts um and don't like an encroaching government on on sort of the, you know the private aspects of their life what the protesters and what the people in media especially the younger people in media who have been so imbued with this kind of race class gender thing from college are so obsessed with it is that it's the obsession with the comments that maybe he did or did not make um that it's a kind of a thin read and that a lot of this stuff is is being is, is hanging on I don't know if any of it's true I don't know but this seems to be the primary um, mode of attack on Jeff Sessions, where I think there's so many other things which are, of course, more complicated right. and more philosophically complicated that you actually have to to deal with and have to know something about politics and know something about the instruments of government and how and how um, uh, he would actually, you know, prosecute things, how he could make li- people's lives difficult, um, which involves, you know, basic civics lef- lessons in a lot of ways the thing that I hear about all the time is what did he say in 1985? Somebody accused him of this and he might have said an insensitive comment in 1985. If I was being judged on insensitive comments that I've made between here, just this day today, in, uh, what are we, 2016, 17 now? 17. And 1985... I would never be, you know, allowed to be the general manager of a Dunkin' Donuts, much less, you know, being, and I'm not saying they're racially insensitive things. I'm just saying that, you know, to hang all of this on comments that he may or may not have made, I sent Camille something today. There was one case in particular where two civil rights activists were brought up on charges on, I don't want to get this wrong, but I believe it was some sort of, um, irregularity in yeah, like voting, essentially voter fraud. Voter fraud. Uh, basically. And I believe
1: it was actually three, um, three people. Right. Three people. It was a husband and wife. Yeah, um, a husband
2: and, and wife, and, another, and then another person. Another yeah. All three of them African American. All three of them um, civil rights uh, types who had been around in, 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 in Alabama for many years and were well known. Mm-hmm. And uh, they prosecuted this case, and uh, all three were acquitted. The this has been brought up a number of times. It seems to be the only person that's actually paying attention to this is the son of the couple who said, I support Jeff Sessions and I support my parents, too. Um, And he said, you know, my mother still um, is a bit bitter about this and is not supporting Jeff Sessions. But the overreach here was local investigators that brought this to Jeff Sessions. And I don't think the guy's racist. Um, And there's no way of like properly adjudicating these things that so things that happened 30 plus years ago. And it's the he said, she said, and somebody made a claim. It's a sort of Clarence Thomas type thing in reverse rather than I mean, it's an easier thing for these dimwitted, um, you know, hot take merchants over at Salon to talk about. I can't. It's also a lot easier when his name's Jeff Beauregard. Uh, Jefferson, Jefferson, Beauregard, Beauregard, uh, Jefferson Davis, Beauregard, Stonewall, George Wallace, (laughs) Davis, you know, and, and, you know, and and it's the and he actually referenced it today during the during the hearing when he said, you know, it's it's being from the deep south. People kind of presume certain things about you. That accent. it fulfills every one of our fantasies of the of the kind of Bull Connor type. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, nobody is talking about these things that I see you've talked about today and I've seen on Reason and other people talking about that are concerning. Whereas we're trying to kind of split hairs about what the guy said a long time ago. Right. Do you I mean, he's also done things and I don't know. I don't know the guy's heart. I have no sense of it at all. But he's also said done things um, that one could say would be in the service Of people that were 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 doing sort of civil rights work. Yeah, no, there
1: was a a medal uh, that was uh, given out by by Congress uh, by both Booker and Sessions together, uh, apparently, to support um, sort of civil rights activists or to honor civil rights activists. And, you know, look, I, I think we've we talked a little bit about this before, but he was he supposedly called someone boy. Um, he supposedly made a joke um, about the Ku Klux Klan and um, them smoking weed and how he couldn't support them because they su- they smoked weed. Um, yeah. Again... Uh- for the most part, these sound like jokes. Um, if these are the reasons why you are concerned, then that is uh, problematic. But I think, I mean, the reason we, we understand the reason why this is the, the thing that people are focusing on. And, and Jamel, Jamel Bowie, the uh, wunderkind uh, political analyst who is uh, routinely on television and is a prolific, prolific Twitterer, um, said earlier on Twitter today, uh, you know, the old Washington cliche when you're explaining how much you dislike the Ku Klux Klan, you're losing. Um that is the reason why um these charges do not go away these these allegations do not go away because it is super convenient it is really easy it's highly gettable it's salacious as all hell um and i mean you can just continue to bludgeon him and in it's, the head and, it's and it's all you need are allegations <clears throat>
0: And it's not strategic. I want to point out that you said proliferic, and I think that's... Did I not say prolific? You said proliferic, and I oh. think that, that's...
2: It's terrific and uh, so prolific, prolific. Yeah, yeah, together. Yeah, no, yeah. I think
0: that's a... Huh. Oh, it, it has uh, potential out there. Journalos, um, <laughs> proliferic. <laughs> journalos. Uh, prolific, any other, uh, journalos. How it, many other
1: to- terms have I coined uh, over the course of this podcast? That's
0: an excellent question. Huh. Um, it is not strategic. That's the point of this. And and uh, I, I find myself flummoxed on a daily basis on the approach that Democrats or liberals or, or, or progressives are, have been taking. In order to block this guy, you've got to get Republicans. So start from the idea of well, what? you make
1: it embarrassing for them. I think that's to the extent Th- to the extent there's sort way. of a meaningfully thoughtful strategy
0: being implemented
1: here. And I, I want to be clear. I am not even suggesting that they got together, that there is a cabal. So su- that, no. that's said that we are going to go after him and pay um, tar and feather him as a racist. I don't know of any secret. Look, the, meeting. My the, suspicion is that this is just sort of where you end up. It is the easiest knee jerk reaction to the, have
0: the biggest, uh, the, the most syndicated columnist in the country. George Will wrote a very convincing. Insane column talking about Jeff Sessions, uh, and it's great. Like he re- revealed only in the last like sentence or even uh, words, uh, Jeff Sessions' name, but it's all about civil asset forfeiture, which is mm-hmm. a practice that Sessions has been defending yeah. and mischaracterizing wildly as something that ninety five percent of the civil asset forfeitures are just bad drug dealers, um, the people who whose stuff that we can take, even though we're not even charging them, let alone convicting them of a crime, we can take their computer, we can take their cash, we can take their house in some cases, in extreme cases, and the police agencies can pocket that money, that 95% of those are just drug dealers, so it's all cool. George Will, a conservative last time I checked, mm-hmm. uh, and again, very syndicated columnist, wrote this. There was a piece in the National Review by someone from Cato talking about the case against Jeff Sessions. It had to do with civil asset forfeiture, among other things. Reason certainly... Has written things about like that. So what you might want to do and think about doing is figuring out how can you pick off Republicans? And some of these – civil asset forfeiture sounds like it's a wonky phrase, but it's part and parcel with criminal justice reform. Um, The people who want to reform the criminal justice system believe – rightly so, that this is a vehicle for corruption and injustice, Mm -hmm. as is his opposition to commuting the sentences of people who were sentenced under the crack cocaine or powder and crack uh, disparity uh, 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 rules Mm -hmm. now. Um, So you can make these arguments, and these arguments resonate with a lot of the criminal justice reform action that's happening on the right, um, and you might be able to peel off a senator or two probably won't because he's a senator. And and I want to just shout out here, not shout out, but just sort of a uh, uh, acknowledge. Donald Trump, wittingly or not, did something pretty uh, 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 smart in this case. The first person is about the most controversial. It's going to be uh, Jeff Sessions or Rex Tillerson. I think maybe Betsy DeVos at Education are going to be the most controversial picks here. And so, but then again,
2: Betsy DeVos was accused of not caring about rape on campus because she, she gave, gave money, money, to money to fire. fire. Uh, a great uh, bipartisan organization that sticks up for free speech rights on campus. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh,
0: I'm sure they're going to bring out a, a lot if of that's those, what they got you, on her I mean. nonsense on her. But to bring out a guy who not only is a senator, but he's a senator who's on the Judiciary Committee itself. Uh, senators like their own. Uh, and so uh, it's pretty strategically wise from Trump's point of view to. Throw this guy who is is more vulnerable than other ones in a forum where he's likely to pass. It could be that Trump's going to get every single one of his nominees out there, and that Democrats are just going to have at the end. Oh, we'll try to block whatever Supreme Court guy out here, but. If they were thinking strategically, much like if you know, Meryl Streep was actually thinking strategically, maybe you don't insult football fans. Um, in, in a similar way, <laughs> uh, Democrats right now, instead of just saying, my God, I think he might have – some a friend of a friend thinks that he might have said something racist in 1985. And you know what? If I was guessing, I would say, yeah, he probably did. But like actually saying in 2016 that – Ninety five percent of civil af- asset forfeiture cases are just drug dealers actually thinking and believing in 2016 that, uh, you know, drug policy should be enforced and treated like it was in the 1980s. That is problematic right in front of us. And we can go after that. And you mm-hmm. could peel off some Republicans there. I don't think Democrats if, were if, they, if they
1: were being a little more strategic and, and maybe we can pivot away from from sessions uh, narrowly and obviously we'll, there'll be more confirmation stuff to discuss and, and we can sort of discuss the, the booker of it all later. But I mean in another another area where I think the opposition isn't being particularly strategic, or perhaps this is the best strategy available to them, um, is they are they are similarly pursuing a strategy of trying to panic um, sort of voters broadly, um, with respect to the Republicans, Democrats are, it seems, uh, with respect to the Republican effort to repeal and replace Obamacare. Um, the the sensibility that they are they are really trying to get people to to sort of go along with, is that the Republicans, by using uh, odd budget gimmickry to essentially undermine key elements of the Affordable Care Act, also known as Obamacare, um, are Quickly repealing a law that they do not, in fact, have a replacement for and that they are likely to create all sorts of panic in the marketplace unless they have a suitable all-in-one replacement.
0: Is that not true?
1: Well, this is the thing. Um, I actually think there is some truth there. Uh, the ACA is one of the, if not the sort of single biggest, um, overhauls of an industry from a legislative standpoint to happen in, in my memory. Like, I just don't have anything else that I can recall of this size and scale. Part of the argument against the ACA at the time was that it was going to cause all sorts of pandemonium in the market. Uh, once you actually have that thing implemented and once it's been there for the better part of six odd years, um, The question of how you get rid of something like that um, is a pretty big deal. Of course it is going to create uncertainty in the marketplace. There's almost no way to do this uh, where you're not creating uncertainty in the marketplace. And even for people um, like myself who were critical of the ACA early on and who who would prefer to have something that is more market-oriented, it seems to me that the only practical course of action here is some sort of piecemeal, pragmatic approach to – breaking down this legislation, or at least not even so much the legislation. I think that's perhaps too narrow a lens, Uh, breaking down the role of the federal government in healthcare and trying to create opportunities for an actual market to emerge. I mean, we've seen um, sort of analysis of things like uh, price transparency in the healthcare marketplace, where you're actually trying to create mechanisms for people to be able to see sort of the cost of care um, that they're getting from one healthcare provider versus another. And study after study has confirmed that most of the models that we have for this stuff today um, in not so much LASIK and, and other places, but in terms of just regular care that you would receive from your primary care physician or in the emergency room, that a lot of these mechanisms just do not work particularly well because one, people aren't really conditioned to use them. Two, people are still using insurance as their primary way of paying for care in this country. So it's not their own money. So they're not really shopping to save anything. Um, And three, generally speaking, when they see higher prices, um, oftentimes people presume that they're getting a better quality of care because they are paying sort of a premium for these services. There's all sorts of weird sort of mixed signals uh, with respect to healthcare services and the, the almost non-existent market um, for healthcare, to the extent it exists at all, it is um, heavily regulated before the ACA was passed. It was the case that, you know, virtually half of every dollar spent on health care um, was sort of spent by the federal government and everything else that wasn't spent was heavily regulated by the federal government. After the ACA, um, I, I, I don't know what the sort of new multiple is for that, but certainly it is much higher um, and the degree to which the market is being managed um, by the government is even greater Um, So, yeah, I I definitely think that there ought to be some sort of pragmatism about the way that you go about rolling back these things. Um, But again, I think it's it is perhaps wrong. There are two problems here. It's wrong, I think, to focus on the the ACA broadly. It is wrong to focus um, narrowly. It is wrong to focus on insurance narrowly. Um, And for Republicans who were in opposition to the ACA before the cardinal um, sort of sin, uh, from my standpoint, when they were in opposition to it to, the, to begin with, uh, was making the the argument that this was Armageddon. That having the ACA pass was going to have immediate catastrophic consequences, and everyone in the United States was going to die. and the In the United States healthcare system uh, would be a complete disaster.
0: My uh, one of my problems uh, for a long time, and I got into trouble uh, with certainly. Um, uh, some reason donors over the years, like in the in the heat of the uh, healthcare Obamacare a battle, I wrote a piece oh, about yes. why I prefer French healthcare. Yeah, which mm-hmm. went over like a lead balloon. Um, yeah. I remember that. But uh, part of my purpose there was uh, expressing a frustration at. Um, the way that Republicans talked about healthcare, at least up until 2009, they've stopped, which is good. But back then, it was like we have the greatest healthcare. Greatest healthcare system in the world. What's, the what's world? wrong with you? Absolutely. Um, and it's like that's not the consumer experience, actually. And and the the things that are bad about the consumer experience aren't necessarily the evil free market. In fact, usually it has to do with these overlapping regulations and and things that we put on to insurance companies. But like you have to be able to describe reality first as a as a foremost thing. The um, Peter Suderman has a great piece in the latest issue of Reason that kind of talks about the problem here, um, and it's a problem that, weirdly enough, um, you know, of two modern Republicans who have uh, pointed it out, Rand Paul and Donald Trump are right there. Um, they're the ones saying you can't just use budget reconciliation to replace half of Obamacare because um, you then are keeping a lot of these mandates some of which of course Donald Trump likes like That's it, exactly right 26 year olds can stay on their parents yeah um uh care care uh, plans and that you can uh you know you can yeah. this kind of stuff um but that if, if this if you do this thing and then keep that thing and I'm doing like the Donald Trump uh, uh, dis- disabled <laughs> yeah, guy yeah, hand yeah, right now yeah. um, then uh, you're going to you're going to make this kind of slow motion train wreck here, which is going to be which is going to create its own political problems. And it's also just going to change in an unpleasant way the status of uh, health insurance and care for Tens of millions of Americans. You can't do that. So I think Grandpa's Paul's right. Like, you got to go ahead and just replace this bad boy. And you got to bring every good idea that Tom Price has or whoever else has right now and do it. And it's complicated. But uh, just to fulfill the campaign promise of, you know, I'm going to sign it in the, it first, in the first days, days just yeah. like knock it off. You're already – uh, yeah, get going back on yeah. On you've most... broken
1: virtually every promise. Yeah. Um, like the uh, the one I don't even know that we talked about it, but but uh the the rumor going around was initially that uh that Trump had completely gone back and was planning to ask Congress for uh for the money for the Great Wall uh, that he plans to build on the southern border, um, to which he responded via tweet, of course. Um, indicating that even if he were to get that money from Congress, that would only be so that things could move along more expediently and that he would eventually get that money back from Mexico, which I it's suspect might come a, by way of uh, by way of tariff or something, not, which of yeah, course exactly. American consumers tariff pay
0: and taxes on remittances. Right. I mean, they always said this from the beginning of this whole thing that this is how you'd pay for it by uh, tariffs and remittances. Yeah. And you're not going to get that immediately. So Just you
1: essentially a tax on you, whether you, uh, whether you know that or not, um, I, I do appreciate the the point that you made about um, the healthcare system. And I mean, one of the other things that I, I was talking about a lot um around the time folks were focusing on the ACA. I mean, the president talked a great deal about the, at the time, I believe the estimate that he was tossing around was like 30,000 people a year who were dying because they did not have health care insurance. A number that is like actually really, really hard to substantiate. It's just not clear whether or not that number is true. Um, One thing that isn't very hotly disputed is the number of people, the hundreds of thousands of people who die every year. um, Like Michael Moynihan from consumption. Yeah. Um, but the hundreds of thousands of people that die every year from preventable medical injury. Um, and when I say hundreds of thousands, I mean, to the, to the point where this year, um, or last year, actually a a new study from Hopkins and we get one of these every single year. Um, it is the third leading cause of death in America. Um, the the diseases that you can contract, the bugs that you can contract in our often filthy hospitals, the mistakes that are made during medical procedures, the records that are lost and confused and and screwed up, uh, because the standard of care in this country isn't super astonishing and wonderful and amazing. It is often really really dangerous.
0: Isn't some of that though? You brought this up a lot. Uh-huh. Um, uh, isn't it some of this that just hospitaling is hard?
1: Some of it is hospitaling is hard, but we do plenty of hard things. Um, there are plenty of places that are sort of there are contaminants around, uh, but there, that there are things the that you can do to thing make true it better.
2: in a, a we, in a Norwegian hospital
0: or a French. Hospital. Well, there are certainly I mean, places
1: that do better, but but yeah. one of the issues is that totally there are true in a
0: Romanian hospital. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've seen those. There movies. are in fact best there are <laughs> best Albanian practices. Hospital, like we've
1: yeah. had this uh, this thing called the healthcare <laughs> the healthcare checklist. He, he's Top over interrupting my bunker. Me, yeah. damn it. The healthcare checklist that Put was the actually on top of old meat. We are not eating it. It's very bad meat. I'm, I'm trying to dispense wisdom here. Um, you asked the question, Matt, and I'm, I was trying to answer it. The bottom line is the incentives that would make a hospital actually go out and institute the best practices that are likely to reduce the number of incidents that we have here don't actually get implemented. The fact of the matter is that what we have seen is that there are these expensive lawsuits, that there are these really expensive insurance payments, and that for the most part, a lot of these things go unaddressed and things that could very well be avoided uh, by having a little bit more thoughtfulness and diligence put into uh, preventing these things from happening in the first place simply don't happen and Part of that, at least some, uh, is a consequence of, I think, in my opinion, um, not having market mechanisms in place that are giving folks genuine signals with respect to the quality of care that they're likely to get in these places.
0: Let me ask you this. Are you becoming one of those people? Are you transferring the same kind of uh, feeling that a lot of libertarians have about cops of like, you know, just don't talk to cops? Are you not doing that with hospitals? I, I've like... done that
1: with hospitals and doctors for a, a very long time. I mean, I'm, I am deeply suspicious of many people in the in the medical profession and the, the whole like healthcare monopoly, the the, what the explains, American Medical why you Association. What is that? growth on your neck? Uh, you, just, you just won't tell
2: anyone about what, it. No, no, the growth on suspicious. my neck
1: is my is my beautiful head. I don't know what else you could. <laughs> what did Ben about.
0: Carson do to you? It I wasn't know. Ben Carson. It wasn't yeah. Ben Those Carson. Those gifted hands. Where did no, they touch no, you? I've,
1: I've had family that has had pretty nasty like health um, errors and tragedies happen to them. Stuff that was totally avoidable. Stuff that happens because you have medical residents with limited experience who are essentially placed in a position where they essentially have authority um, over nurses who maybe have 20 or 30 years of experience um, sort of putting in arterial lines or something like that. And the kid who's been on, on duty for 15 odd hours comes in and, and screws it up. Um, and the reason why policies like that stay in place is because the American Medical Association um, has a monopoly On on minting new doctors um, and on man on and on making the rules that uh, essentially govern the way these hospitals
0: operate. uh, Let me ask you this. Would you advocate that uh, in order to improve the uh, medical and bacterial conditions in hospitals that you get more Russian hookers to urinate on one another? I don't know that that would
1: actually help at all. Um, Kill,
0: but but it may germs.
1: but it may be worth transitioning <laughs> to something else because I figure we'll talk more about healthcare later. Um, yeah. but but in addition in addition to this he's, he's, he's in trying Congress. not to talk about Church, it. in addition yeah. to this in Congress, we yeah. also had some more hearings. It's dominating yeah. Twitter. Yeah, we Doing also all it more.
2: is on Twitter. I'm giving it'll I'm, be like that for 75 hours. I'm giving it's, you the transition it's Golden showers. Can I make the transition? Ping. It's about peeing. Everybody wants to know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it 's crazy everyone on twitter 's talking about it go ahead so, so the huge, about, the huge, new, the huge new scandal
1: the huge <laughs> new scandal today um, is is born out of the visit that president elect Donald Trump had last week with members of the intelligence community leaders of the intelligence community who in addition to briefing him. On the various details from the confidential report that we have still not yet seen because it's confidential and hasn't been leaked by by some uh, someone awful like Edward Snowden. Um, But in addition to details about the hacking that was taking place at the DNC, they also apparently reportedly, according to CNN and various other outfits, um, shared with him some memorandums that had been compiled by some guy who is not yet identified, a British intelligence dude um, that, Maybe. Apparently suggest that the Russians have all sorts of secret information on Donald Trump that would be compromising and embarrassing. Um, I have no idea what you could actually know about Donald Trump that would be compromising and embarrassing.
0: Russian hookers ping. here, um, but then,
1: but then, moments later, after first Get seeing the reports the of ping. this from CNN, the actual document itself, this memorandum, which yeah. has been floating around since October, exactly. apparently. Yeah. Um, when it was first reported on by Mother Jones, you can read the whole thing. Um, and by this time, when you've listened to this, you have almost certainly heard a lot of the important details. And clearly the most important thing here isn't that the Russians have sort of offered Donald Trump all sorts of financial sweeteners and are doing their very best to, to sort of own him in some sort of material fashion. It is that someone was urinating on someone else mm. uh, uh, in in a sexual yes. context, something that is called golden showers. I love I that I you say
2: that. that as if like you just looked it up on Wikipedia. I am just it's uh, something I had called. To. It's I like, had to because you yeah. t- you sent a text message. When I saw that said, you, oh
1: yes, I, golden showers, and I said, "What the hell is that?" I saw when you Did looked you really? it, I, no, I, didn't. I saw no, when you I, looked no, it up
2: no, on your browser, like <laughs> all the history that came down. You typed in golden showers. Um, yeah, this is quite a quite an explosive um, report, that you should not really trust. Uh, yeah, there's a, I noted, a torrent
1: of information related uh, to this. A torrent of information. Uh, I said a few, torrent because they're torrents of water.
2: Thank you. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no it's one got just it. just a spray yeah. of information on my chest. Uh, no, <laughs> oh, come on. I, it's Trump, not me. This is yeah. the president setting the example here.
1: No, these are these are spurious, baseless allegations. Well, I know. And I'm going
2: gonna, gonna to sort of try to back him up a little bit on this. Is that I mean, here's the interesting thing is that Buzzfeed went out with a document that a lot of people have seen, a lot of people have had. Uh interestingly enough, John McCain had it in December. The intelligence community gave it to him. The intelligence community showed it and talked to Donald Trump about it in January. Um, so uh, you know, John McCain apparently said we have to look into this. Um, you know, this is... Yeah, Harry Reid sent a letter
1: in, in yeah, October. In October. Um, to, but this is... Donald Comey. Trump
2: is realizing what smash-mouth politics is. It is not... Going up in a lectern in front of like at the, you know, San Francisco Cow Palace and telling your brain supporters that X, Y and Z and everyone boos. Everyone gets excited. Like this is this is how you do politics. I'm doing it in this real way. And I say whatever's on the top of my head, et cetera. It's like, yeah, Donald, you can do that in the election. But when it comes down to actually governing, this is a house of cards world. And there are going to be people the, the CIA gave this to John McCain. Right. And it gave it to people. And it's out there now. Why is this out there now? Has anyone thought about this? Because Donald Trump has been disparaging them, and the CIA said, you know what? You want to fucking play this game? You don't think we have stuff that can embarrass you? Here's a shot across the bat, one week,
0: One week ago, Chuck Schumer, uh, either in a Twitter form or in a press conference comment, said something like, I don't know if Donald Trump really wants to be screwing with the intelligence community. I mean, look, Uh, bad things could happen to
2: him. And you know, people can get upset about that, but that's the world of government and that's the way it works. And Donald Trump is learning a lesson here that he thinks he's the, the biggest swing dick in the room and he can do what he wants and he can just disparage people. And it's, it's a, it's just a rocket to success because it put him in the white house. It's like, no, no, no. Now the rules change. Now, what about this report itself? you know, The interesting thing that people are commenting on the Guardian reported today that um, that the FBI applied for FISA uh, to a FISA court for a warrant to monitor four members of the Trump campaign and their interactions with uh, Russian intelligence. Mm. Now. We've all remember FISA courts from the Bush years. Uh-huh. They, we didn't talk about them as much during the Obama years. Um, the FISA courts were rubber stamp courts, right? Yep. And they have refused very few. I think twelve in the past twenty odd years. Uh, one of those was was this request. So ultimately, they they refused us, and ultimately um, they granted a warrant in October, according to the Guardian. And we don't know if that led to an investigation. Um, we don't know what happened to that. It was far too late. I mean, that would have been, uh, according to this this um, information that BuzzFeed's released today, uh, it would have been a great time earlier if these meetings were happening, according to this report, um, which you should be very skeptical of, mm-hmm. in July and August in places like Prague, in places like Moscow. Um, so the Pfizer Accord said no. Um, you know, I suspect if there's some top-level, um, you know, interaction between the campaign in Russian intelligence or or the Kremlin in general, and Donald Trump uh, decides to go a little rogue and independent on his foreign policy, the FSB, who is uh, very skilled at releasing information, might release further information about this if it is true. Now, I think there's an enormous problem with this, and I think that Ben Smith uh, probably made a bad decision here. Uh, David Korn. From, BuzzFeed guy. Yeah, yeah uh, Ben Smith is the editor of BuzzFeed. Used to be at Politico. He has a, a, quite a good pedigree. I like Ben Smith. I think he's very talented. I think he's good at his job. I think he's wrong about this. Uh, David Korn had this information from Mother Jones mm-hmm. um, in October. Yep. Lots of other journalists have seen it. He went with it today and said, well, you know, people are talking about this and it's good to put it out there. You know, there's an argument to be made for that. The problem is that they say they have to lard this in caveats the lawyers over at buzzfeed have probably been working overtime in the past 24 hours one of the caveats in this report is that a guy who claims to be a british an ex-british intelligence official they won't even confirm that this man has worked in british intelligence because they cannot confirm it mm. that is bad news the second thing is they, in this case, is, is BuzzFeed. It, okay. BuzzFeed can, can it says, I mean, I think David Corn actually referred to him as a, a former British intelligence official. They say, alleges that he was a former a British intelligence official, which means it could be me, could be you, could be anybody, but they say, we don't know. Okay. Maybe they're just being overly cautious, but it makes the reader overly cautious when they're reading it. There's some stuff in the report that's wrong. That is easily provably wrong. You know, who knows? The intelligence official could be screwed, screwing misspelled up.
0: Misspelled some names. Well, you know, that's the way it goes. R- that repeatedly throughout the document. Yeah,
2: that doesn't bother me so much. Sure. I mean, especially if they're Russian names. I mean, this <laughs> kind of transliteration from Cyrillic to, you know, who, who cares? The more important thing is that there he's alleging meetings between, you know, I, I don't want to get it wrong, Carter Glass, I think was Carter one of them. Page. Carter, Carter Page. Page sorry. Uh, mm-hmm. Carter Page. Carter uh, Page. I was just I just saw a tweet from Kevin Glass, and I said Carter <laughs> Glass. uh, uh Carter Page, uh, Paul Manafort, uh, some other people. And they're not necessarily in Russia. Some of them are in Prague. There should be some, you know, shoe leather journalism that you could do here. And one of the bylines, and this is Miriam Elder, who I have a lot of respect for and I think is very, very good. But they got this up because of time sensitivity. And they should have tried to confirm some of this stuff. You can't confirm, as what we've been joking about, second page – Second page, by the way, you know, really the front loading, the important stuff that Donald Trump, because he wanted he hates Barack Obama, stayed in a suite that Barack and Michelle Obama stayed in and had two prostitutes. there peeing on each other. I don't know what the hell that means and why he wouldn't just stay in a place in America. And, you know, the whole thing is very, very mysterious. And it seems like they're leading with the salacious stuff. And I get that. I understand what they're doing. But there's some stuff in there that, that the specificity of it would suggest to me that they could have done a little more legwork. And I think there's a Donald Trump standard. And if there was a dossier out there like Barack Obama that was very similar um, with with allegations that had really sort of we have no confirmation whatsoever, not even some guy. You know, we don't have the Edward Snowden's to release the the information about Russia because he lives in Russia, but we don't <laughs> we, we we don't have anyone you know releasing information that I think if any of this stuff is true, the NSA, the CIA, the DIA, the FBI, whether or not they got a warrant from FISA, probably knows a little more about it than we do.
0: Well, that that lends a little bit of. Credibility to it does it not? Because they presented well. We to Donald there are Trump.
1: reports that they presented it. We don't actually know that that's the case. I'm, and this it, is it I mean these are the reports that, that we saw. The, at those CNN reports look pretty solid.
0: Pretty solid. Yeah,
1: those look, mm-hmm.
2: reports look solid. And to Matt's point, which I think is right, if they were warning the president elect last week, if they were applying to a FISA court in June or July, some of this some of this material uh, in this in this um, PDF. Comes from after that. So that's pretty interesting. Comes in August, uh, September, et cetera. If they were looking into this, they do not go after as much as people want to talk about WMDs all the time. These are professionals. They are very good at their jobs often. Sometimes they're not, and sometimes they get big issues wrong. And we should always be aware of that. But you know, we can't have these two visions in our head of the NSA is watching every one of our keystrokes. And they know everything. And it's Orwellian and it's kind of 1984, um, uh, you know, sort of vision, worldview, Weltanschauung. And then all of a sudden we say they can't do anything. There's There has to be some sort of tension between those two ideas and there's something in the middle. And in that middle, that fat middle, is there are people within these organizations that are very good at what they do. And they have very good signals intelligence. And they, I mean, look, the Anbar awakening and the surge in the United States uh, victory temporarily – in the search, they did very like I mean, look at the IEDs went into the tw- That happened because of the signals intelligence that the Americans managed to implement in Iraq, which hoovered up. They basically had drones flying around, hoovered up every inflama- bit of information from every cell phone in the country. And they started aggregating that stuff and then clamping down and it's successful. So that's actually the, the, you know, in Iraq, you have WMDs as a failure getting us there. And then we have actually some signals intelligence successes in Iraq that show you that, you know, they're not always bad at this. So I think that if they're going after this stuff, if they're actually saying we're going to we're going to put this to a FISA court in back of your mind of the FISA court, too. Is by the way, this a lot of this stuff is going to get out. I mean, it's not going to You should never presume that everything you're saying within the confines of government secrecy is going to remain secret. They probably had to go through. We got our ducks in a row. You know, it's going to look like we're agitating on behalf of Hillary Clinton. It's very risky for us. But I got this intercepted call, for instance, which is so and so talking to Paul Manfort, whatever it might be. I suspect they probably had something beyond this report, which I think, to your point, lends credence. This report from an anonymous person who was formerly in the intelligence business and has sources, if you're currently in the intelligence business, you have access to signals intelligence that people are, you know, pulling off of the Internet. I mean, one of the interesting things about this, we can can actually Telegram, the encrypted app. And I know probably a lot of our listeners know about things like Wicker and Telegram. Mm They're encrypted messenger apps. Pronto Mail.
1: I'd uh, lost the uh, password for my Pronto Mail. Oh, you 100%. just have to delete it there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've lost all my old messages. And
2: it's, there's, uh, you know, you can't even keep messages on things like Wicker, they, they explode. Yeah. But uh, there was a thing in there about the FSB managing to find an exploit in, in Telegram, which is like what Al Nusra, Al Qaeda, ISIS people, people that are, you know, Snowden type people say, hey, use this, use this. Do not communicate on email. It's not secure. This is secure. There's a lot of these little elements in there that should be something that ultimately, I don't not right away, will allow us to confirm that at least some of this stuff is true, or is this all the stuff of fantasy?
0: I uh, it's the stuff. It's of— It's a m- lot to be stuff of fantasy. It's the stuff of my fantasy. I had a, a, an epiphany. <laughs> oh, I know. You love that uh, when this news came out when I was riding the subway over here when it went from you know the CNN. CNN has uh, reports that. Trump was confronted with evidence that he's been compromised. To golden showers, it took about five minutes there. Um, this presidency is going to be awesome. We're going. To, <laughs> we are going to have this. That's all, one, That's one word for it. All of the time. Yeah. I mean, Trump. His personal uh, uh, kind of uh, uh, comportments, his way of doing business is to rub people's nose in it like you rub your dog's nose in his own poop.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: to tr- I mean, that's what we do. Responsible dog owners, Camille, who actually train our dogs well. Camille. My dog is great. All right rub your dog's nose in the poop. So Never never did that stop. to my dog and
1: never had him defecate in the house. So. Pooping in the
0: house. Um, <laughs> but uh, Trump is going to make almost every single person who supported him um, have to defend, have to kind of talk o- away around all kinds of things that are going to make them uncomfortable. The fact that Jerry Falwell Jr. is going to have to kind of figure out how to talk about how it's not that big of a deal when the Russian prostitutes are pissing on each other on the bed. This... Fills me with glee. Well, have, this fills me with. Have to you say it have, covers ha- me with pee or fills this, me with? Covers me with delicious urine. <laughs> well, <yeun>. oh no! <laughs> well, they they have not we only just lost the place in really, California.
1: Not only will they have to, they have had to, um, because we've already gone through a great deal of, of this, which <sighs> sort of leaves me. I, I've got several thoughts. The first is, I mean, Donald Trump has already had um, some pretty incredible um, scandals, uh, the sort of stuff that is supposed to be unsurvi- not survivable, unsurvivable insurmountable is perhaps a better word. Um, And he has, he has weathered those storms uh, pretty well. As he put it, he could go out into the uh, middle of the street and shoot someone. And uh, apparently he wouldn't lose any supporters. Um, Perhaps he would actually gain some depending on who he shot. I don't know. Um, But, you know, I, I am still. It is quite early. Um, I mean, I did sort of thumb through this brief. It'll be interesting to see how much of this stuff sticks. If there's any corroborating evidence that ever materializes, um, the the note in the uh, in the Buzzfeed um, article um, was interesting. Uh, there was like a line in there um, about uh, how. How not only not only are some of these um, details um, not true, um, but some of this stuff um, is unconfirmed and perhaps cannot be confirmed. Yeah, um, yeah, there is no way to confirm it because yeah. it is uh, essentially just hearsay. Um, in which case, it's kind of like seriously. We all. Well, I mean, it's, we all it's, get it's, to it's, believe it. I suppose it's, that's interesting and, that's and fine. Beautiful. And this is and, and this is beautiful. the the in the world that we live in. All you really need is the allegation. Um, It doesn't need to be made any place in particular. And it's it's part of the reason why there are still plenty of Democrats or people who voted against Donald Trump. And I describe it that way deliberately, who believe that not only did the Russians break into Hillary Clinton's um, email server uh, or the email servers at the DNC, um, they also hacked voters' machines and and added votes Mm -hmm. to the vote total. So. Certainly, people will believe this and run y- with this. This'll, this will hearten and embolden uh, plenty of people who oppose Donald Trump. And for most of the people who don't, um, I-, I think they will largely ignore this stuff. Perhaps you the weight it's, of it's all this is. Yeah, I mean, in the but golden shower
2: thing, which by the way is on the second page of the report, as I said, is that this could be just sloppily... There's a sloppily, reason you put that towards the top. Yeah, sure, you know, you know, don't bury the lead. Yeah. You know, there's, there's a reason this is sort of sloppily it could be sloppily written, but that. That sort of sense that Donald Trump is is so petty, and this is, this is what that whole Golden Shower thing hinges on. It what looks,
0: was the date, by the way, on, on this? It was- No, I mean it, the date of the-, uh, the Of, the, of the, 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 this actual- of the incidents.
2: Uh, it doesn't say. Okay. It doesn't say, but it says that he, um, it was the Ritz-Carlton uh, where he knew they had stayed on <laughs> one of their official trips to of Rough and defiling the bed where they had slept by employing a number What's... of prostitutes to perform, quote, golden showers, urination in parenthetical, show in front of him. Then this is the thing that makes this kind of unbelievable, even more unbelievable. The hotel was known to be under FSB control with microphones and concealed cameras and all the main rooms recorded anything they wanted. Do you think the Obama, th- that the president of the United States is going to be deposited into a hotel that is known, quote-unquote, to be controlled by the FSB and where everything is mic'd and camerad Given that he
0: was born in Kenya. Uh, <laughs> what is
2: it, Barry Satara? So which I something which, I which, which I mean, this is kind but, of – I mean, this, this is, stuff
0: doesn't – You're right, you're right to say that, and I, and, I, and I just want to add on this, and one of the reasons why I'm gleeful about this – is that the evidentiary standard? And I agree that I don't think this happened. Yeah, I'm no, just no. I, I, I don't because <laughs> yeah. I, I I still you know I, I tomorrow lack, on John I, I, I lack imagination yeah. to to actually. I believe did not this piss happened. on him. I pissed on the other girl, and yet the evidence. <laughs> and the evidence is flimsy for all the reasons that Camille you talked about rightly so and yet still the evidence for this is so much stronger than the evidence that Barack Obama was born Kenya. <laughs> yeah yeah I true. love this it's totally, totally I true fucking yes. love this yes. yeah, no, so they, the they, same people who've been talking about this who, like I'm just asking questions yeah. to, the same people who by the way this week right. spent a lot of time seriously like polluting my fucking uh, Twitter timeline saying like no Donald Trump wasn't really mocking that new york times reporter that's just kind of yeah, that's, no, no, no. those things totally did that's the hand movement yeah. that he makes when he does this like oh, imagine wow. spending your life like trying to to talk your way around out of that thing um and uh and yet those people now have to uh confront something that has actually more evidence Yeah. well all the,
2: all the conspiracy presidency begets conspiracies about the conspiracy theorists there it is whereas today i mean i donald trump Uh, You know, we uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. Oh my uh, God! Oh my God! uh, Came came out of uh, Trump Tower today, Robert Robert F. Kennedy Jr., and said that uh, Donald Trump. I mean, he's not a Democrat. He's not a liberal. He is like essentially a psychopathic, like you know, half half Bolivarian nutbag who comes out and says. It's going to happen. And I was like, wait, what is he talking about? And then the subtitles, he is going to be the – he's going to uh, run a blue ribbon commission. Uh, Donald Trump, by the way, asked RFK Jr. to come to Trump Tower as uh, RFK Jr. confirmed, and no one seemed to notice. Uh, and he talked about about um, autism and vaccines. And so um, mm. they, he he is now going to run a, a uh, presidential uh, commission of some sort, a blue ribbon commission on this RFK Jr., who was then, of course, heaping praise on Donald Trump. I just want to say something about the irresponsibility of BuzzFeed. I was looking through this document right now, and there is a redaction in the second page by the peeing thing. And I was looking at this, and you can see it. You guys can see it here because it's my favorite bit. See, there's that black bar Uh, redaction. Before I get on the subway up here, I wanted to read this thing. I wanted to actually, instead of just reading the news story, I wanted to read this thing and then get a sense of it Um, uh, before I talked about it and actually, you know, not their recapitulation of it. And I have the document here because I saved it on my iBook so I could read it on the plane, the train, and there is no redaction mm. in this. So it is so irresponsible that they decided after the fact, after on my phone, and I will <laughs> read you what is not redacted. <laughs> I Because it too. is fucking out there and this is totally irresponsible. It says the Moscow Ritz-Carlton episode involved Trump, uh, uh, involving Trump reported above, was confirmed by source E. A senior, and this is the parenthetical, Mm -hmm. Western member of staff at the hotel who said that she, he, and several of the staff were aware of the time and subsequently. That bit, source E, a senior Western member of staff at the hotel is now redacted. Hmm. So they rushed this out and now have redacted a portion of it. Um, and I have the unredacted thing on like, my phone. As you
1: say, law- lawyers are working overtime on this. Uh, and perhaps they, they only started working on it uh, after uh, they made the decision to, to toss this up uh, anyway, in order to, to very, perhaps beat someone very, else to the punch. Um, there was something you said, um, and perhaps before we sort of pivot out of this and, and into wrapping things, um, there was something you said about uh, sort of the, the – national, um, the federal intelligence agencies and their capabilities mm-hmm. and how we can't have it both ways. Um, one, them being sort of this super efficient organization that has the cap- capability to do everything and watch everyone um, or be utterly incompetent and impossible and unable to do much of anything. And and quite frankly, I, I mean, my own perspective is um, that they have the capability to build um, any number of super duper sophisticated tools that work most of the time. Um, and that they have the capability to demand, for example, extraordinary volumes of data from private companies, for example, metadata from telephone companies, um, or perhaps to get to penetrate um, major uh, routing points on the global mm-hmm. internet. Like that is a thing that they can do. Uh, whether or not they can use that um, access in an efficient way to actually find and stop threats to the homeland is another question entirely. Mm-hmm. Whether or not they can use those same mechanisms and, well, or, and I should use the word abuse those same mechanisms in order to sort of surveil people that they perhaps do not have the authority to surveil or to otherwise undermine people's individual liberties, I mean, that is a separate question altogether. And that doesn't have anything to do with their sort of overall efficiency and capability in terms of – so their ability to – their actual competence to do the job. Um, I, again, I agree with you that they, they are highly skilled people that are capable of doing any number of important things. Um, but the, the real question here isn't so much you know, whether or not they're both idiots and geniuses. I mean they can be geniuses in one respect – The real question here is whether or not there's the capacity for them to abuse their power and whether or not they have um, in the past. And sort of relatedly, I mean, in terms of the the success narratives that are spun up um, about the ways in which that we've used signals intelligence in the the Middle East, I mean, certainly – Ex post, it is easy to stitch together a story of success that says not only did things go exactly the way we planned. Um, part of the reason they went the way we planned is because we had all this great signals intelligence at the front end. Um, it, it is amazing that when things go calamitously wrong, um, not at all amazing actually, or surprising that there isn't you know <clears throat> that that story, the narrative um, about all of the great intelligence that went into sort of helping to bring about this impossible failure. Um, it is uh, it is an old story, um, you know, failure having zero fathers and success having many fathers. Um, so I think it, it's at least worth kind of putting that out there. So I don't know if anyone has any response to that or if we pivot out of this and perhaps into 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 lighter fare, something a little more refreshing than golden showers. Can, can, is there anything more? To refresh? <laughs> perhaps. I don't know. I mean,
2: it depends on, you know, where you grew up, I guess, yeah. where where I come from. <laughs> This is what we do. I just want to say one. Here's a refreshing, uh, non-serious thing that I was looking at The Guardian when I was looking at that FISA court story. Yeah. And there's a a, a story on the side, and this is my favorite headline of the day. "You 2 delay new album release after Trump win. The world is a different place. That's a quote. Uh, And this is the subhead. Post-U.S. election, the band are now taking time to reconsider the already completed new LP, which they might alter in light of the result. So is everything political now? like you're you 're gonna withhold an album because of Donald Trump? oh god I
0: mean, so, the only person who really might have thought about withholding the album is didn 't Bob Dylan release an album on september eleventh two thousand and one
2: uh well the actually the the big delay that day was uh wilco 's record. Which was then, um, oh, really? The uh, yeah, uh, Yankee Hotel Foxtrot, which was then, um, dumped by Warner Brothers and then bought by Nonsuch, which is a subsidiary of Warner Brothers. And oh, there were a lot of songs on it that, uh, that sounded, if you were a conspiracy theorist, uh, like Alex Jones, you would, you would sound like they, they knew beforehand or something. Uh, Say like know, ashes of a Flags, shake, you know, tall yeah. buildings tip quake. But yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, um,
0: that documentary is uh, "I'm Trying to Break Your Heart," right? That's the name of it. Yes, yes. Uh, where Jay, a, uh, not Jay Farrar, but the the other guy who's kind of croaks mid, midway through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or well, they kick him out. They kick him out. And by the he way, way, croaks there, later.
2: And to Camille's point about healthcare before. By the way, when he died, um, Jay, what was his name? I'll have to look it up. But when he died, there was
0: a big Jay Farrar. No, no, is that uh, no. Yeah, he's no, he's the, the uh, Sunvolt guy. Yeah.
2: Um, there was, he. It became the story about how he died because of American healthcare um and because he didn't have um health that, that i think this was maybe debunked or maybe right. nuanced later Jake bennett out he was, was his name
0: yeah it turns out he was just a junkie right uh
2: i think so yeah. i don't i don't want to say that because i don't know he's perhaps just in poor uh, yeah he was maybe um, just in poor health so anyway.
1: maybe maybe we wrap up uh and and i don't know if we if someone has a uh, some idiot wrote this that is perhaps more um in the vein of what we typically do um but, and perhaps this is not somebody that wrote this maybe maybe you guys agree with the uh, the thoughtful remarks that were made by by Meryl Streep um, at the Golden <laughs> Globes over the weekend um, as she as she received an award um and uh proceeded to to share her her feelings about the moment uh in this about this important moment in the nation. Um, there were uh, as as Meryl received her award and, and talked, her voice cracking. Um, there was sort of spontaneous, enthusiastic applause. She was, people were visibly shaken, sort of nodding um, solemnly in agreement um, as she explained that the the people assembled in that room belonged to the one of the most vilified segments of American society, Hollywood. Mm. Immigrants and the press. Mm -hmm. Of course, Hollywood, the most vilified Mm -hmm. segments of American society. And she went on from there um, to caricature the awful people um, that they uh, that they loathe uh, that are making America not so great again. Um, The people who want to quote unquote kick all of the immigrants out. Um and, and You know, course, it really works on sixty million people who
2: voted for Donald Trump. Having really, really, really rich, attractive people tell them that they're psychopathic racists—that's <laughs> yeah. usually the best way to get them on your side. Yeah, Um, having somebody who's like probably getting in a jetpack and like ending up in Saint Bart's at, at the you know at the end of the evening. It, you know, I just I can't even. I mean, I saw so many hilarious straw men argument about this afterwards of like, you know, if if Americans can't understand uh, what she's trying to say. And by the way, if anyone said that at like a Friars Club dinner or at like a reason dinner or at any other thing, it would just be so tedious and boring because there's nothing explosive in it. It wasn't well crafted. It wasn't, you know, anything like revelatory. It was like, oh, you know, I'm going to cry and like shake my head like, yeah, uh-huh. mm-hmm. she's saying it. She's saying it. it's like. Uh, it, 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 it Stop this nonsense that this is brave.
1: Bravery is yeah. to get up there and say. No, a room full of people who, who largely agree with you. Yeah. Who would agree yeah. with pretty much anything that exactly. you said. Exactly. That's right not now. bravery. So long as bravery is being like
2: in a room I and mean. saying, you know what? I really like Donald Trump. Donald Trump. Good
1: guy. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> so that's you're saying Kanye, brave. Kanye West is brave. Is yeah, that's a,
0: Well, I mean, compared to this, I, I, thing I that. I thought that Sylvester Stallone, right towards the end, because he was the last presenter along with Carl Weathers, did the worst, like Rocky Shtick look, like, oh, I thought no rematch kind of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Awful. Yeah. And what's even better is that Isabelle Huppert, the great French actress, who had just won in a surprise right before she was giving kind of a nervous, like, this is going out to all of the, the artists. And and and, and, and uh, right at that moment, because they were running late on time, they drowned her out with a Rocky theme. Oh, that's great. <laughs> so that it, Sylvester Stallone and Carl Weathers from Long Beach, California, by the way, uh, could come out and do stupid Rocky shtick. But I was thinking right then, because Stallone was floated as possible head of uh, the uh, National Endowment of the Arts, right? Uh, yeah. For or uh, President Trump, I thought him, or maybe uh, Kurt Russell, or someone in the audience might uh, register uh, a little dissent. Uh, it, you know, it, uh, it. My God, yeah. I mean, you can you can express uh, all of those things without insulting. You know the the aesthetic choices of people who like mixed martial arts and and Monday I mean, Night football, football. I mean, football. it's just yeah, and which is not art, by the way, Matt. Dude, did you watch I mean I don't I hate college football because it's slavery and even I <laughs> even I watched yeah. the national title game yeah, last I night. I have it no objection to that phrasing. I,
2: I I didn't uh because um I just I see Kunta Kinte up there in every <laughs> position. I, but that's
0: in, entertaining. Uh oh my God. Oh. You this Whoa. Is, thankfully this is the end no, of the podcast. No, I'm just saying that Roots was entertaining. N- N- no, I'm yeah, by. yeah, the the great yeah. uh, the great pleasure. Back. Back. It's fine. Um, um it's fine. Uh, yeah, I just You're I, in the, a safe The space. thing is,
2: is that we really have to stop award shows because it gives dumb people something to write about. <laughs> and the next day is like, you know, it's it, we have to everything in the news has to be so complicated that it weeds out these morons in the media. Because how many hot takes the best one I tweeted the other day, and because nobody on earth has a sense that I'm being sarcastic. I don't know. Maybe they just don't have, haven't have like read anything that I've written in the past. But there was one that was in The Independent, um, and I'm going to read you the headline. The Independent was is a uh, newspaper in the United Kingdom uh, that is now owned by um, a Russian oligarch and stopped printing a print edition, um, which is a good start, <laughs> but they still print a web edition. This is the headline from Narjas Zatat, um, who I looked up and is like 14 years old. Ryan Gosling's Golden Globe speech about Ava Mendez wasn't cute. It was sexist. (laughs)
0: Now, now for those of you, uh, Ryan
2: Gosling's wife is Ava Mendez, right?
0: Yeah. and For those of you who didn't <laughs> yeah. see it, it was it was a totally touching thing. Uh, my wife, whenever we watch award shows together, um, she uh, she says, "Oh, the tribute to the wife." You know, if they ever yeah, like yeah. go up there and yeah. say, yeah. and he said, and it, it was probably the best tribute to the wife you've ever seen, which mm-hmm. is like, I wouldn't be standing up here if my wife hadn't sacrificed for us. She had a small child at the time. And she was pregnant while I was making this movie. And if she hadn't made those sacrifices, and she was
1: caring for her brother who was like battling, who was cancer. like yeah, who was like yeah. battling
0: cancer. And and if she hadn't have done that, someone else would be standing up here. So I just wanted to say thank you to her. It was a very sweet, succinct, wonderful thing. And right. to and to uh, say it's a. a Tool of the it, patriarchy is it, it, is, it is. amazing. I, I don't think yeah.
1: anyone seriously believes that. Uh, I suspect what's actually but why you happening. Why did I publish this shit? I
0: think because
1: we will talk about it, and but, I think that wait, they write it. They write. It, but the, they write it, feign outrage, and they hope against all hope that someone will pick this I, up. And I, so just we're just, the, the problem. The so,
2: no, 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 no. we're the solution. No, I no, just no, want no, to read you my favorite sentence from it, and then we can go. This is this is three graphs into it. Three graphs into it. This one. This is my favorite sentence in the history of journalism. Nobody in the history of journalism, H.L. Mencken, doesn't have any in this sentence. Gosling's appreciation for his partner may be genuine. Mm. I'm sorry. Maybe it's this woman who he's had a baby with and is married. I'm suspicious. Look, I don't know. I'm sitting here in my apartment in Surrey in my underwear (laughs) typing some nonsense bullshit for the fucking independent. (laughs) They're paying me nine pounds for and I'm going to get a bunch of clickbait. You know what? I think it might be genuine. I don't know. You know why you don't know? Because you don't know him (laughs) and you don't know her because you're a loser. And you'll never meet them, and you're going to be writing this nonsense for the rest of your life, which is uh, – I, I was going to say something. And, right. I
0: hope, and I hope – and you were going to say something racist. And if <laughs> no, to... I was
2: going to say, you know, may it be a short one. I should...
0: <laughs> And if she's ever uh, uh, fortunate enough to get married, I hope everyone refers to her husband or wife or whoever only as her partner and not as her actual yeah. spouse.
2: If in between his uh, Bobby Riggs-like sexism, he had said something about, like – you know, sort of disabled Syrian refugees. He could have saved it, but he didn't. So, um, it's nine o'clock. Obama's doing his farewell. So maybe we should say farewell.
0: Yeah. Goodbye, well, Obama. Thank you so much, Obama.
1: Yeah. Well, we uh, we're going to get the hell out of here. Uh, thank you for joining us. We will uh, we'll be back with you shortly with another uh, dispatch from the Fifth Column. Uh, should we do another Costa Rica. one this week? This week, hell yeah, no, you can't. Oh, you're going somewhere. No, him, no, you? I'll be gone. Um, uh, but I'll, I'll be back early next week. We can do one, we'll do one early next week. Uh, we'll do that after uh, Matt's uh, Matt's showdown.
0: That's right, with Shate. So, it's, whole it's forum. A Tuesday night.
1: Yeah, so whole forum. Tuesday night.
0: Check All right, people,
1: well, we'll talk to you
0: later. We know of new methods of attack the Trojan horse. the fifth column.